And I realized like the only way I'm going to actually like is to show up and like be valuable to these people. I'm giving you the full story because there's a couple other segues here. So I did that and got my own route, figured out like if I start renewing accounts, I'm going to make a bunch of money. And I paid down a bunch of student debt. I, I had a lot of student debt. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Today, I have with me Jay Rhodes. Uh, Jay, I've known for as an acquaintance for a while, but we've been starting to talk lately, and uh, it just made sense to get him on the show. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Jay is a he's a business owner, and he's in the fitness world, but um, more importantly, he's a dad and he's a husband. Some done some incredible things in his life. We'll probably talk about some of those. And we'll, we'll, we'll chat about his journey as a father. And uh, Jay's actually going to be joining us at the big event, Montana. I couldn't be more excited, but I definitely have to drop a little information on that. That is our first event, our very first event. So guys, look, you need to do whatever it takes to get there. There's a financial obligation. There's a time obligation, all these things that you have to do, but it is so worth it. And Jay and I were just talking about this before we started. It's, it's hard. It's, it's a hard place to get to. And uh, that's kind of by design. So we're going to come together. We're going to have a pretty small group of men doing really awesome things together, getting to know each other. We have some incredible speakers uh, who are going to talk about rites of passage. We're going to talk about uh, business. We're going to talk about fitness and basically just breathe life, life into us. We have Jason Piccolo. He's going he's gonna to come talk to us about uh, doing the hard right thing. He's, he's actually a whistleblower when he worked for ICE uh, against one of the... Uh, presidential. Uh, anyway, it's going to be awesome. I don't even know how to say, but I'm, I'm really pumped about that. Let's just get into the show. Jay, welcome, man. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, uh, is, we just kind of started connecting not too long ago. You've been listening to podcasts and, um, and reached out, and we've known each other for a while through another venture. But mm-hmm. uh, why don't you just go ahead and just lead us out? Tell us a little bit about yourself because I think everybody wants to know who is this guy and why is he? Why does he get to be on the show? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, so, I guess most recently, I guess what what kind of drew me to to the podcast and when I reached out to you, um, there was a post that you made. I don't know how long ago about. I believe it was you about putting your wife first. That was me, right? You kind of listed the the you know the one two three. And I wasn't a dad yet. Uh, I'm not even sure we have, we'll get into that whole story, but uh, it was something I was just like, you know what, this is, I don't think everyone's going to understand where this guy's coming from, but I I do. Um, And maybe it was because of the struggles that we went through um, and like how that brought Lacey and I closer together. But I feel like ever since then, um, your, your name has just been one that pops up in my feed from time to time. And it's one that I've paid attention to. It's one that I paid more attention to. Right. So I've seen like, you know, the big event and, and, uh, I've, you know, I've just seen, I've paid paying attention to the trip you've been doing with your son. And then I was like, you know what? I, I spent a lot of time out on my bike and I'm listening to books and podcasts all the time. Let's dig into this one and start right from the start. And, uh, there's been a, bunch of them. And, and I, as I messaged you, you know, there were some that really kind of, you know, the messages hit home where I felt like I had a lot in common with. And so I reached out and I said, Hey, I, I might be interesting to talk to, which is a really weird thing to say. Cause uh, I feel like within this niche, you know, I have stories that seem similar to what, uh, 
what some of the other ones have been, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know, my bio that I gave you, um, I've been a lifelong athlete, like was a pretty successful athlete early on, um, had some challenges with that and went through some, some tough stuff, found CrossFit, uh, and kind of within that, that time when I was maybe in like my mid twenties, I never really have had a, a real job. Uh, I've spent time teaching as well as, as a supply teacher for like eight years, which, I don't call it a real job. I mean, it's, it's kind of half and half. Um, and then, yeah, I've owned a business for 10 years. So it's, uh, so again, that's something people can hear. I've never had a real job. They can take that one way or another, but if you don't have the ability to create value for other people, it's not going to last very long and it's not going to be very, uh, uh, it's not going to be as good as it sounds. I'll say that. Yeah. A lot of, you know, boy, you hit a lot of points I want to talk about, but this not having a job thing, like I get it. I've had jobs and um, I just wasn't built to have jobs. And I've, I was a, t- a public education teacher for 13 years and worked for another fitness company. That's how we how we got to kind of first be introduced. And, um, you know, I really think there's something really magical about starting your own business as far as in your own personal growth and, and um, as well as like, being able to face challenges, which we're probably going to talk about, but you say a lot of these stories resonated with you. Um, first of all, tell me how old is your, is your, your son now? He's turning one tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So So I thought it'd be really cool to do this today. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. That is really cool. And, um, so I want to go back to the, the, the statement you made about, I made a post about putting your wife first. And I do that. I yeah. did that carefully. You know, I'm, I know I'm supposed to be polarizing. I'm supposed to express my opinions and I'm working really hard about that. But that one was so super simple for me because as I started to really kind of dive into this, how do you be the absolute best father that you can be? I 100% from my soul up believe that that is, if you're, if you're with a woman still, if, if you're living in the home, your main purpose should be, should be serving her. And, and, um, that should be your number. She should be number one on your priority, no matter how many kids you have. So why did that resonate with you? Like, I I need to hear this from somebody else because it's hitting bad ears, Um, hitting great ears. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like this is going to lead us into our story about having kids, but, uh, there's so many things to touch on. Um, We've been together a long time. We've been together since 2007. And um, we we got together in university. I think I was 22. She was 19. Like, we're young. Uh, I was coming out of a phase of, uh, we'll call it not non-committal. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll call it that, just put it nicely. Um, but as soon as I, I, I'd known her for a little while, and as soon as we kind of, like, got together, um that kind of changed. Like she was just someone to like, she was worth it. I knew it right away. Um, and I remember she'd never really been in a real relationship, which is weird for me too. Um, and I remember having this conversation with her, like I knew I wanted it to make it work. Like, I I don't know. I just had this feeling about her. Right. And, uh, I said, the key to us is going to be like communication with I 22. Like what the heck does that even mean at that <laughs> point? But I just, I knew, and I mean, I, I put her through some phases uh, where, you know, we're talking about putting her first. Like I remember the 
uh, what was it? The second year that we were together, I was in teacher's college. I'm going to sound like a total nerd here, but me and my buddies, we played, uh, some, someone will, will hear this and be like, Oh yeah, yeah, that was fun. Uh, we played this game called age of empires two. It was like civilizations that battle and like, you know, like the land party type thing. There's like six of us. And like, you're just basically battling over computers. She would show up. She would take two buses to get to my house. And I'd be like, Oh, sorry, man. We just started a game. It's going to be like two, three hours. And she would just like hang out with one of my other roommates and just like, just chill. Like, so I don't know, maybe she saw something in me too, but like she, there is, there's a good chance we couldn't have made it through that year. Um, and then at the end of that year, and this is this one, I really learned the lesson of like, she's, she's not just going to wait around for you. Um, I went away for a summer. Um, I went away to work at a, a kid's camp in Maine. It was like super rich kids camp. Like, you know, there's parents own sports teams and stuff. And it was really cool. One of the guys that I had known on the track team at, at my university was, uh, it was like his fifth year there or something. And he just brought a few of us out there. And, um, we didn't communicate a whole lot. Like there was so much going on on my end uh, from events and traveling. And I mean, we we're basically in these cabins. Like it wasn't, yeah, there was like one computer on the whole, on the whole, uh, on the whole ground. So I, you know, shoot her an email every now and then, but like I came back and uh, she wasn't sure if she wanted to be with me anymore. And I don't really blame her. And like, I came back and she, said she wanted to take a little bit of time i went back home and hung out with my parents for a bit and uh we got through it um but that's one that's that's a time that i don't i don't forget what that kind of felt like um and now i think what really resonated with your post was uh you know i mentioned we've been together for a long time and like we we kind of went through the whole we did a lot of things in a really weird order like we we got a dog first like (laughs) while she was still in university uh then we started a business then um trying to remember what are the big milestones then we bought a house after that and then it was like okay kids are next and then you know we we, will we'll get into that but um i think a lot of uh a lot of things that have happened just really a, a lot of people basically a lot of people wouldn't have made it through i think what we've gone through yeah, challenge in marriage is really one of those things where it either forms you or kind of breaks you, right? And we want to be the men that can be formed, like be like get. I don't want to say harder, but more resilient to those things. Mm-hmm. I so I date, I've dated my wife. Tomorrow's my twenty sixth anniversary, wedding anniversary. So I shared hey, an anniversary right. with your son's birthday. Um, and Very cool. uh, yeah, it, it, and we started dating as seniors in high school. So we've been together for a very long, long time. I'm, I'm much older than you, but, uh, there is this, just this feeling you get at that point where nothing will get in the way. And I think, you know, there's a differentiator that happens where you latch a hold of that instead of give up. I just think there's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm not saying if you get a divorce, you've, you've given up, but, um, I, I just think there's a fighter, there's, there's certain relationships that just create a fighter gene in you or, mm-hmm. or, or yeah. So I've, um, I've also watched, like I, I watched my brother's marriage fall apart. Like yeah. they have, they have uh, two young boys uh, turning yeah. 10 and I think the other one's eight now. Um, and they're better off not together, but like, and it was painful to watch him go through that. And like, I remember 
I remember being on the phone with him one time, not, not that long ago, like 2019. And, uh, he said, I just want to be happy again. And like, you know, you hear your younger brother, like it's emotional for me to even like, it, it hurts to hear that, you know? Um, and he, he's, I, he's happy. He's happy now. And, you know, but like, he's been through a lot of stuff and like uh, other stuff that's completely not related to that. But he was off work with like PTSD for a while. Um, just a lot of things that compounded. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that side of it. Um, we've also, I think Lace and I are pretty unique in that both of our parents are still together. Um, her parents, are, I think this is like going to be their fifth or they just had their 50, my get 51st anniversary. My parents are having their 48th. Uh, and we both grew up in one home. Like I never moved. She never moved. Like it's, it, I think that's pretty unique. It's very unique. I I'm in the same situation with my wife and I, both of our parents um, are still together. Maybe it's not that unique. <laughs> well, I, I actually think it is really unique. I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I talk a lot and I, I don't, this isn't like overly spiritual or ethereal, but I believe that we have like curses in our family. Like we, and that's really literally you kind of are raised in this thing and you believe this thing you're raised to believe in a certain way and you carry that on. And as we evolve and, and learn and grow, we either can kind of like carry those on or we can sit and, and work in it and break it. Um, and, and make the next generation better. And that's where I like to like to really focus in on is where are the things that didn't go so great in my family, the family preceding sure. me. And what am I going to do to break through that? You know, for me, there's been some mindset and some fear-based things. And you know, my wife and I talk about those all the time. Um, when you had your child, I mean, it's a year in, do you still hold that belief? I, I know the answer to this, but did the, did your mindset change from, you know, my wife is first. I think you said her name's Lacey. Lacey's first. Yeah. Um, has that changed or wavered at all where you're like, well, no, like I, I'm, like, I gotta, this life in front of me is so much more important. Uh, no, I think, I think it's really kind of solidified as it's gone on. Like, cause early on, I mean, I, I, I felt, I felt way more like a dad more recently. Like, cause you know, early on mom's doing kind of a, a lot more and, uh, you know, he's been a lot more like, not, I don't know, fun to play with, but more, um, more responsive to things, you know, like just play with, you know? Um, and so I feel like I've been able to kind of spend more, more time that way. But, um, yeah, the, I, I, I wrote, I posted the same thing. I wrote the same post essentially. Um, and it was basically my, my point was that like, I, it's so easy to put your kids first, you know? And like, when you say like when when I say I'm not putting you first, like you're never gonna feel, not feel loved. Like it's just like you know what I mean. It's not I, I'm not I'm not putting you down. I'm just bringing something else up that maybe doesn't always happen as it needs to. Yeah, it's a really tough concept for people to understand. It it is really tough, and I I break it down as easy as I can. Is like look, think of your child that you love so much at your age what type of relationship think of them at 17 your daughter at 17 18 19 what kind of man do you want her to be attracted to because she's gonna see you as the benchmark for how to treat <laughs> you know who to look yeah for. i mean that's yeah yeah that's and, extrapolating out yeah for sure yeah, and you're for bang some, on. 
sun's the same thing, you know, yeah. it, it, and, and it, it literally, you literally have to think about it from this legacy standpoint. And, and it's, it also, for me, it's just as simple as like, I chose my wife first and I fell in love with her first. And we were a thing together that created this, this, these children. So I'm going to serve her and that's in turn going to serve our children. And I'm not talking about being subservient. I hope nobody gets me wrong here. I mean, we, we have our own home rule roles. We have our relationship roles just as they've kind of naturally came through with our personalities and, um, you know, just relationship, but it, it is, you, you said it's, it's hard for some people to grasp. Um, how do you, you're really young. In my I'm, mind. I'm 38. I mean, I'm not okay. that young. I'm 10 years older than you. So for me, that's like young, but yeah. <laughs> so uh, how do you keep your relationship fresh? And then I'm going to move on to the more of the fatherly thing, but how do you keep sure, your relationship yeah. fresh being ma- married and together as long as you guys have? Yeah. Um, we just do things. We have fun. I mean, you know, we're, we, we do something like, so the last few years of our life, like we've kind of, I don't want to say figured out the business, but like it's been getting better and better um, over the last few years, Uh, you know, even through pandemic and all that, like we've come out of that, I would say exceptionally well, given everything. Um, But we have, we have more, we've, we've designed our life to have more freedom. And like, that was, especially with the timeline that we had with having kids, like I knew that that was going to be coming. And, and so did she. And like, we wanted to design this life where, um, you know, we, we still work lots and like work, work can take up however much time you give it. Right. But like, it's, we we had to create boundaries. Right. Like even just, uh, last, last weekend, we, uh, we went to, we went to a concert. We, we, late, she was talking about it, uh, Keith Urban concert, um, which I'll, you know, it's, it's something, it's so easy for it to just to pass by. And she's like, Oh, we should go. And it's not, we couldn't find a babysitter her mom said, you know what, I'll just, I'll watch him for the night. Um, so Lacey's the youngest of six and there's Leonardo, our little guy has, uh, he's the 17th grandchild on my, on my in-laws side. So they've kind of taken the role. Like if, if they took on babysitter, like that will run their life. So they don't, they do it, but they don't do a ton of it. But she said, we'll watch him. And so we booked, we bought tickets like two hours before the concert started, hopped on the go train, you know, brought a couple of drinks and, um, you know, had a great time. Like Keith Urban was this like middle of the road country guy for me. Like I, you know, I, I don't know all, I know some of his songs, but like I couldn't pick him out in a lineup. And then when I got there, I was so interested. Like I was just noticing things like, you know, he's got tribal tattoos up here and he's got native tattoos down here. And then she said, Oh, you know, he's Australian. I said, no, okay. All this makes so much more sense. And I'm thinking like, how cool would it be to, to be in Canada and have this sort of fan? Like I, I was just taking in the experience and like, we had a great time and, and you have to, you have to create boundaries to, to do that stuff. And, and that's something that we're, we're getting a little bit better at. We haven't had a whole lot of time without him, but we do stuff with him. I mean, we went out for dinner with him. I think he was like four days old. <laughs> well, I, I love what you, that story you just said. I mean, last week I had to go out of town to work with my business partner. And we're like, I, I've got to be gone for four days. I just finished this two week road trip with my son and my wife. That's the far longest we'd ever been apart. Like really. And, um, we were pretty close in 2001, but still, and I'm like, 
well, screw this. Like I can either, I can either go away again, or I can design life around my family. We wrapped them up, took them up, gra- got, grabbed a Airbnb and it was an awesome location. Like you have to do the little extra things to make, make those connections. And, and I'm a firm believer in regular date nights, you know, like a, today yeah. I'm whisking my wife off. We're going to a hotel. It's only 30 miles away, but you just make things work, right? Like you, you, you put the work in and you make it happen. And I think that's fantastic. And it's really easy the second that baby's born to put the excuses higher than the, than the purpose, the purpose of staying yeah. fresh in your marriage. We've got a couple really good examples. Uh, like her, her youngest brother and I guess middle sister, uh, we, we hang out with them a lot. Like we, we do uh, like a burger night every Wednesday. We all get together, all the kids and everything. We play volleyball together. And uh, they're both great examples of just, we live our lives and the kids come with us. Yeah. You know, and her parents too. I mean, she was the youngest of six and they got crazy stories of, of uh, just how they were brought up. I think there's a really fine balance between when you include the kids and when you don't, you need to have adventures without them. And trust me, I know it is hard when you own a business and you have kids and you have, you know, obstacles, there's always going to be obstacles. My friend, Alex Jowdy, and I just recorded a podcast that dropped and he and his wife went to, um, uh, they went to Ireland, I think for, they just picked Ireland. Yeah. I listened to that one the other day. And it's like, you just have to make it happen. He's got five kids. Like it's not, and he just moved away from, from where he, all his family is, you know, a year or two ago. And so when you, when you put your mind to it, it can work. And I love that you did that Keith Urban concert because your eyes were open to a new, you know, like a new fascination with somebody, their, their success. And the fact that you're sitting there in Canada, watching a guy from Australia with tribal tattoos, singing country music, it's such a, but when you, in when you when you step into those things, your whole world changes. And I mean, I'm sure that gave you kind of wind under your wings. It's like a new energy, right? This episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast is brought to you by Direct Hemp. Direct Hemp are the CBD experts who stand behind all of their products, their providers, and all of the great science behind new innovations in the space. So I've been using some of their products, uh, specifically Charlotte's Web Sleep Gummies. This is a hemp extract infused gummy with melatonin. And I'll tell you what, my wife and I have both experienced amazing results from using these sleep gummies. We're sleeping better, we're waking up more refreshed, we're falling asleep faster, we're getting more REM sleep. I really pay attention to my sleep analytics. I have several apps and devices that actually record how well my sleep is. And these things make a massive difference. And why do I care? Because sleep improves, good sleep improves judgment, recovery. It reduces stress. It reduces inflammation. It improves memory and aids in weight loss, among other things. And these are all scientifically backed facts. So you need to be getting better sleep. And the best place to get your sleep products is through direct temp. So check out the show notes. There will be a link to get 15% off. Use the coupon code BROTHERHOOD and you'll be on your way to better sleep with great tasting, very effective gummies, as well as hundreds of other brands and companies or uh, products that you will enjoy. It's, it's oh, I, really I told I told her that. I said, I'll never turn off another one of his songs. <laughs> uh, you know, and for all like, he, he also he looks like a, a cross between like a rocker and a surfer type thing, like just an interesting guy. And then he was super personal with the crowd. 
Um, and I said before we left the, the concert uh, that I said we should do one of these every every three months. And then I brought it down to every two. And like that's that's just how I am. Like I get, you know, like one time we, we went to a, an escape room and we brought our coaches all there. And I the next morning I was up at like 6 a.m. drawing up a business plan to start an escape room. <laughs> like I got to pump the brakes sometimes, but yeah. like. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's maybe, you know, put that one on the shelf, but, uh, but this one, like, why not? Like I was literally looking at concert tickets today. Like, let's just pick one and go. Yeah. I just made a post or reel or whatever you call them trying to, um, uh, and I, and it was just something that hit me when I was out hiking with my son in Zion national national park or at arches national park in, um, in Moab. And it's just surreal there there's these rocks that are all around you these crazy red and brown colors and the light is vibrant and i'm like you know life will not give you adventures if you don't just go out and do it so i i it was a really simple post but for me i didn't know how to make it more profound but but for me it's like you either go make the adventures because the adventures are not going to come to you sitting sitting still and i think that's how our marriage should run and our how we should raise our kids is like, let's go find adventure. It doesn't have to be 2000 miles from home. It can be in the backyard. It can be at a concert in town, but there's always going to be things that get in the way. If you let any excuse get in the way, you're going to let every excuse get in the way. hundred percent. And you know, I've had to really fight the, I can't afford it. And I learned from Robert Kiyosaki a while back that from his books, you know, it's not, you got to change that to how can I afford this? And that has really changed things too, because not everybody, like you has had a business that's been, you know, working for 10 years and is solid and you kind of have a little bit of time freedom, but, um, well, I'll say a few years. I mean, 2014, we didn't do Christmas. Like we, <laughs> <I've been laughs> like, yeah. we had a, we had a tough 2014, um, you know, another story for another time, but we paid for, we paid our mortgage with gift money for our wedding, from our wedding for a couple of months. And, you know, we, we didn't do Christmas. Uh, we painted the gym instead. And, uh, you know, that was another thing. Like when that passed, I said like, never again, I've got to start, I've got to figure something out here, yeah, you know? So it's that. not all. Yeah, sure. What ask I mean, away. I'm an open book. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you're in, you own a fitness business, you mentor other fitness business owners. Yep. And, um, and I mean, you've been through the ringer. I mean, you, you just told us you did, you, you missed a Christmas. I mean, we, yeah. my wife and I've had talk about those and we've had like little, you know, mini Christmases that weren't great Christmases. I think people see, oh man, he looks like super successful or he's doing great or he's really happy or he's traveling the world where there's always another story. Um, yeah. So let's talk about business because I think there's a lot of guys out there who, well, I know there is because they talk about it in the group and they reach out to me who want, who've always wanted to try, you know, going out and doing their own thing. And I can tell mm -hmm. my story as much as I want, but it's always more fun to talk to someone else about theirs. Um, I mean, you, you haven't really worked for anybody else. You had a, a 16 month stint working for Cintas, I think it was. Uh, yeah. I worked for Cintas hauling mats around. And <laughs> I mean, I had even ups and downs in that. I came in like super fired up my first job. I'm so excited. I got ideas and very quick. It was like, dude, you're the low guy on the totem pole. Just shut up. Yeah. And so like I, I had a big dip and like, I didn't care about it for a while. And then I realized like the only way I've been actually like get you know i had i was trying to get my own route and like go out there and uh is to is to show up and like be valuable to these people um you know i i am the little but who am i right mm -hmm. and uh and so i i went through that um i i 
feel it. We're okay. I'm, I'm giving you the full story because there's a couple it. other segues here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did that. Um, got my own route, figured out like if I start renewing accounts, I'm going to make a bunch of money. And I paid down a bunch of student debt. I, I had a lot of student debt come, I maybe like 55 grand or something coming out. Um, and it, I found CrossFit in the spring of 2009, kind of dabbled with it here and there. Um, wasn't something I really, really dove into. And it was in October of 2009. So I had a real sort of, you know, life event um, that, sort of changed the direction I was on. Uh, my dad got really sick. Like he was actually supposed to come down and visit us. It was homecoming weekend and uh, they just didn't show up. And, and I found out um, kind of like a day or two later, like, you know, oh, he's, you know, you're sick, not coming down. Um, I found out like a couple of days later that he, he contracted a blood infection um, somehow at work. Right. Which it's, it's incredibly serious. Like if, you know, if you, you don't want things in your blood that are not supposed to be there. Um, so I was in London, Ontario, there in Kingston, Ontario, which it's essentially at five and a half hours on the highway. So I was working this job and then I was going to home to see him every weekend uh, in the hospital. And I mean, at the, at the, you know, I call it low points. Um, he, I had to help him go to the bathroom. Like uh, there was a four day stint where, so when, when you have a blood infection, the body tries to contain it and it forms what's called what are called abscesses, right? Like basically a balloon with the, the toxin in there. He had one of those, I believe it was up to 18 centimeters long and it was like woven around his spinal cord. Oh. And so like, he didn't move. He didn't move for four days. Um, like not move a muscle in fear of paralyzing himself. Right. So, uh, man, I haven't told the story in a while. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, going down there and like, I, you know, seeing him, seeing your dad at 120 pounds, not, not nice. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I kind of, something just flipped in my mind where like, I, I felt like at this job, I was just wasting myself. Like I had so much potential to do things and it just, I wasn't doing anything. Like, you know, I, I was, I came out of teacher's college. I came out of kin and everything. And I had all these things I was excited about. I couldn't get a teaching job. So I, I, you know, I say fell into this job. I had to go through five interviews to get it. But, uh, I remember at that point on one of my routes in St. Thomas, Ontario, so near London, uh, I would go into a gym. I'd go into like a, a good life. Uh, they're called, um, a big chain up here. And I remember just thinking like, you know what? I'd rather spend my days here than driving around. And, uh, and so, you know, time went on and he, he eventually sort of stabilized. It took a while. It took a while for, you know, he was in and out of hospital for like six months um, and still has some lingering effects from it. But like, you know, he's, this is, you know, 10, 13 years later, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, but I eventually just, uh, I just quit. I've, I'd never quit a job before. And, and I, I got to the point where like, I, I wasn't even sleeping at night. Like I just couldn't, I, I felt like I was just wasting my potential. So I, there was one day when it just all came to a head. Uh, I got it. We, we started really early. Like we were there at like four 30 in the morning and out on the roads and in another city by six. And I got out in my truck before, uh, before all the roads got shut down in a snowstorm. And these things are like, they're like sailboats in a storm. 
And it was so bad, I couldn't even see where the road was. I'm basically like white knuckling for seven hours. I got back, I walked in and I quit. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea. Um, and so I went into this gym that I thought might be hiring a Gold's Gym back then. And uh, I started, they brought me on. Um, I made $53 in my first month. Wow. I think it was just like attending a meeting or something like that. I didn't have any clients, but I, I was happy like right away. Like the first week I was like, I'm, I'm going to train my ass off. And, uh, I had already, so that was 2009. They had just put out the 2009 CrossFit games, uh, series of videos like with Miko. And I just like took to that. I was like, I'm, I'm going to be that guy. Right. So I just started training and then people, when you're just doing CrossFit in a, in a, in a gym like that back then people, you know, they, they take notice, you know, they think you're crazy, but they also ask to train with you. So I, I built up a good client base and, um, and then September of that, that year we, we moved here. And, uh, so when I got together with Lacey, she's from big family, there was never any question of where we were going to land. It was Stony Creek. Uh, so we came back here and then it was starting over again. So I, I got onto the supply list. Her, her sister's a teacher and she kind of got me in fairly quickly or, or helped. It was, if it wasn't open, it wasn't open, but, uh, and then I started co coaching at a, at a gym and man, that went for a while. Um, I remember when I got my L1, they always ask, will you ever open a gym? And I said like, no, like what, how do you even do that? Right. Um, and now I'm sitting in one. Uh, so yeah, it, it was something that was kind of in the works for a little while. And I remember I went to the, the CrossFit games with, uh, with the outlaw coaching staff way back to help with some injury. I I'd missed qualifying by a little bit and I came back and she had some conversation with her dad and she got keys to a building. He's a real estate guy. So he owns a bunch of industrial buildings and stuff. So we had a unit and here we go. You're off to the races. Yeah. And owning a business changes your life. That's an interesting story. It's in parallel with a lot of stories I hear. The the big of the big thing that your dad going through that illness. I, my dad went through non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in two thousand one, I believe, and I was living back in Massachusetts. Came back and he was, you know, just this partial man that he used to be size wise, and very similar story. And it just it really. <laughs> it really changes how you look at things. As a young man, you start to see things mm -hmm. very different. Um, and it's interesting. It can be taken from you at any point. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's something, oh man, we can go down that road too. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to mention, because it's, it's definitely notable. I mean, you were 2012, 2013, CrossFit Open Top 50. That's, that's a kind of a big deal. I mean, quite, I mean. Uh, it was, I was pretty fit back, back then. Yeah, uh, 2013 Ontario's Fittest Man, 2016 Weightlifting Championship, second place. So you haven't really slowed down. I mean, it, it is 2022, and um, but yeah, uh, different goals. I would say the last time I was really focused on competing in anything was probably 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I can still do some stuff, but like <laughs> it's 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 not like I mean it doesn't just go away, but like it doesn't. I I look at I look at I don't even want to compete anymore. I'm not interested in the masters, anything like that. Like I just, I want to just enjoy it. Like I did when I first found it. Yeah. And I think there's, there's, I want to encourage men because, and this is not to brag. I just want to encourage men. I'm 48, 
maybe 49. Holy cow. I think I'm 49. <laughs> um, and, uh, and in my thirties, when I owned my CrossFit gym, I could not do a ring muscle up. I trained for it. I went through all the seminars. I had uh, CrossFit HQ staff helping me. I just literally could not do a bar or, or ring muscle up. Um, I hopped on a bar the other week and just, I think you, you might've even posted. I saw that. Yeah. I said, Hey, bust out a set of 10. That would be easy. So it probably, I probably could have, I have a torn quad, uh, torn quad muscle, which was in agony during that. But, uh, last week I was in Mississippi and I visited a friend's CrossFit gym and I hopped up on the rings and I just did a ring muscle up. So, you know, fitness doesn't have to end with that competition. And I, you know, so what are you doing now to kind of keep yourself fit? You, you used to be this competitor. What, what has replaced yeah. that? Uh, I still love CrossFit. I mean, I do it depending on how, like, I, I don't recover quite the same way that I was when I was in my late twenties. Um, but I'll do it anywhere from three to five days a week, usually on the upper end of it. Um, I get out of my bike lots, which I look more at, I, I like, I like it more of like an exploration type thing and like listening to books and podcasts. I mean, it's, it's definitely fitness, you know, it's, there's a fitness element of it as well. Um, and I have like a power meter on my bike and, uh, you know, the computer. So like, I know when I see the numbers, like it pushes me to keep them where they are type thing. Um, but I, I would say it's, it's not my first fitness thing. Um, and then, I mean, outside of that, um, I don't know. That's quite a bit. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> it, seems, that's a lot. It, it seems to be working okay. I mean, I have little things like I have to. I have to kind of like each year. I try to like in my brain reset my numbers because like there's in terms of like personal record numbers because like there's just I can't do stuff that I used to be able to do. Like my the volume of training over the last six years has been way different. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, well one it, it has to. Uh, with age one, it has to do with opportunity, like what you're doing, what you're spending and how you're actually yeah. designing your life. And I know that's something that's really important to you is, is kind of having a design for your life. I, I always say either you command your day or your day commands you. And I think it's the same thing with your year, either you command your year, either you command your week, mm -hmm. you literally have to put things in order to, des to, for design. When did you start learning that concept and, and how have you made that happen? Uh, I mean, I would definitely say it's been, so I've been a, a client of two brain business since 2016. Um, I guess, you know, there was uh, those years where we, the business struggled and I, I finally just, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and I had to do something about it. And, and it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's like you're, you know, it's like signing up for your event. Like you don't know what you're going to get out of it exactly, but you have to, you have to make something out of it. Right. Um, I thought when I signed up for gym business mentorship, like, you know, I was just someone who's going to come in and swoop in and save me and that, that doesn't happen. So, <laughs> you know, you have to learn and you have to do the work. Uh, so I, I would say it's, it's been the last couple of years when my schedule has kind of opened up. I mean, I, I, I do calls for them now as well. Um, you know, I'm currently working with maybe 20 or so gyms. Um, so I have to make time for that. Um, anything so how i hopped into a triathlon that was at last minute too one of my one of the guys that i mentor he was doing one and he's like hey you want to do a half iron triathlon in five weeks and i said sure <laughs> like what do i need i'd never been on a road bike i can't show up with my mountain bike 
so I found a bike and I, you know, but that, that required me to like, you have to put in some time with those things. So I, I had to restructure my, you know, when am I, you know, when am I doing cross? When am I not? When am I taking calls? When am I coaching? When am I spending time with lace? Like all of these things, um, there's a certain, like, you know, it's, um, people like the idea of having freedom, but if, if you don't provide structure in it, it, you just spiral, you spiral out of control. I, at least that's my experience. I agree. I agree. I also agree that um, I'm, I've been to, to times in my life where, um, I was really proud that I only had to work like 15 hours a week because I built systems into place. And I actually, after a while, got to a place where like, this isn't fulfilling. Like, I don't need right. What value am I providing yeah. for? Like, what's my purpose? Right. Like, a, right. Right. Yeah. And, but I think you have to be really careful not to define your work as your purpose, but you're also, it's a no. contribution, right? Like, it's, it's like, what am I doing to improve others around me outside of my family? And I think that's what happens. Like, I focus so much in my family. And this is a really important message. It's not about balance. You're never going to find balance between work and being a husband and being a dad. But I do believe you can find a harmony or a cadence that works for you and yours. And I mean, here I am almost 50 and I'm still finding that cadence where like, I didn't like only working 15 hours a week. It was like, I didn't feel accomplished at the end of the day. Even if I lifted weights, did a 45 minute walk with my dog, went mountain biking for two hours and, um, you know, spent time with my kids and with my wife, I'm still like, I still didn't contribute outside of my four walls. And, uh, I think there's a, a, a really big misnomer around developing your life that not working at all is the right thing to do. I mean, I think that's personal. What is your what does your perfect day look like, and are you living that yet, or are you getting just getting closer? And how has um, that changed with kids? I mean, your son as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I don't know. It's I remember the first time I did that exercise. Like, it included supply teaching. Like, I didn't know how to answer it. So I'm I'm the more we talk and you get to know me. Like, I I don't really think of things a whole lot outside of what I actually do. Like, I don't have a lot of I wish I was this. I wish I was this. Like I, I, I'm a terrible planner as well. I mean, like I, I like to, um, I, I, I'm very intentional with my time. I like to create the, but it, there's like, there's like levels of that I'm good at and there's levels of it that I'm not example. Um, you, one time I thought, I thought I was being super cool with this. I said, pack a bag. We're leaving in 20 minutes for the weekend. She's like, Oh, this is exciting. We get to the end of the street and I, I say, right or left? And oh, she's no. like, you are effing kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was a disaster. It was terrible, right? Of course it was, right? But like, so so I don't do the planning for, for like getaways and stuff like that because I, I don't know. I, I have a very hard time. It sounds weird. I don't know. I'm someone, I'm going to meet someone one day that's like, oh yeah, that's me, but. I have a hard time envisioning myself somewhere that I'm not and like what it's all going to be like, you know, so I'm, I'm fun to travel with. I'll show up and I love everything, but I don't plan very well. Um, I don't even know if I answered your question well, at I'm all. Really I'm, I'm really impressed that you signed up for the big event. Um, I mean, here you are, you're in Canada. It's a, it's a weird, you know, flight pattern to get to this I, weird I place. I have no in idea Montana. how I'm going to get there. <laughs> Exactly. It's a weird place in Montana. Um, and you know, it's just south of the border basically, but it's still not this direct 
thing and it and it's unknown so I'm, I'm pretty surprised because but but that's another thing i want to talk about is you know you went through some major hardships financially with, yeah or, yeah yeah and and you've come out on top and you've um i mean you you do hard things often like you you, you do this this triathlon which you know i owned a bike shop i understand what's involved in triathlons it's not typically something that you prepare for for less than six months you got Right. You don't want to, you don't want to drown yeah. when you're out there, but right. Uh, I have a story about that recently, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, so I mean, what, why I signed up for the event and then we'll, I mean, we, we'll get into that stuff is, uh, I feel like no one, no one hands you the manual on being a dad and there's so much nuance to it. Like what your family dynamic and this not look like, um, it's something that I, what really tipped me off was um, I don't have a lot of regrets in my life or anything like that. I'm pretty happy with how a lot of things have gone and I don't want them to start now. You know, I don't want that, you know, cause now there's another life involved and um, I, I just have to be more intentional with like learning all the, all these things and, and, you know, I'm getting value out of your podcast. So like, let's spend some time together. Like I want to come down. I'm excited. Like I, I want to get something out of it. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something probably a bunch of things. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a really hard cause people, that's a really hard thing to explain to guys. And I, the best I can do is, is if you want to be a better husband, father, community member, business owner, whatever it is, you cannot do that in isolation. You know this from being a mentor. That's a that's a way of connecting, right? Helping other mm -hmm. business owners yeah. have the experience you have. Here, here, have someone else to drop some issues on and, and ask questions that are going to lead them in the right direction. And that's just the, it's just the path to being better at what you do. And you know, like this event we have, we're going to be talking about you know, doing hard things, making decisions in the, in the light of like, what's the consequences of those decisions. We're going to have a guy talk about rite of passage, which I'm super pumped about. Cause I just did that with my son and I'm looking forward to improving on that with my next, my next, my younger son, but he's built out a whole curriculum. We've got Rob Wolf who's coming in, who's been, you know, I don't know if you know Rob Wolf's history, but. Oh yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. man. Some. Yeah. So, you know, biochemist to a CrossFit gym owner to kind of a pariah of the CrossFit because he kind of started uh, paleo and then mm -hmm. he's got a massive following, but just talking about the journeys that we go through with life. But then it's the, this other thing you're traveling and you're getting face to face with men and you're finding mm -hmm. these areas where you're similar and you're finding these areas where you're different and you're listening to each other and you're getting on a whole new level of, wow, that really challenges me wow, that guy knows something about this and this. And it's just this, you know, broadening that circle. I'm so excited about it, man. Like when you said you're coming, I'm, I'm like, I have all these online relationships and it's really mm -hmm. every time I've taken these online relationships and I've gone and met people in person every time so far, hopefully I don't break this. It's been an amazing, an amazing experience. It just hardens that relationship, makes it better. And then it just keeps growing. And it's been something I want to share with others. Like don't live in isolation and don't think that online is the way that you're going to develop the deepest. You're going to get so much more by coming together. So one, I'm pumped yeah. for coming. Um, I found I get a lot of value getting outside the bubble. You know, I, I've, uh, that was something I had to be very intentional with like spending time with my family and friends. Cause I was so in CrossFit for 
a while. You know, you, mm-hmm. you say, you know, you say no to a lot of things. Um, and then even, you know, I've gotten a ton out of two brain as well. And you know, that's, but that's, I've been in that bubble for a while now too. And like, now I, this is something new for me to explore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can, I, I can dive into the, um, you know, kind of like our, our journey to, to having our little guy, Leonardo. I um, yeah. So, I mean, we didn't even think about having, I mean, we were always going to have kids, but like, and the family that Lace comes from, like, she's the youngest of six. There's 17 nieces and nephews, like on, from her family alone. Like we got asked all the time. When, you, you know, when are you up next, blah, 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 this and that. And really, I mean, in the early years of our gym and everything, like I, I, I feel a certain responsibility to be able to provide for a family. Like we just weren't there. Mm-hmm. Then um, they spent a few years on the Canadian weightlifting team. And um, yeah, she was super legit. She broke a, a like a 13-year-old national record, broke it again, wow. um, went to Worlds and like, she missed she she was the second alternate for the olympics in 2016 canada only got one spot all all female weight classes in 2012 we got three spots so if we had the same <laughs> level of team i mean she would have been an olympian um so like that was a, that was very much a focus for those couple of years and then when she sort of you know retired from weightlifting now like okay let's start a family and that was 2017 um and didn't work. It didn't work right away. And, it, you know, it was just at first, just nothing happening. It's frustrating. And, um, you know, uh, she, she says like, looking back, I, you know, the minute th- I thought, you know, things just kind of weren't working, I would have sought out help fertility clinic and all that. So, but we waited a while, uh, before that happened. Um, we had, we had four miscarriages in total, um, too, too early on. Um, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they really are, um, too early on. Um, and then two that, I mean, when you, when you have a heartbeat, it's to me, it's a little different. Like it's, I don't know, there's, it's, it's different and it's not, but like it is. Um, so like, I remember, you know, I remember the days that we, that we found out we lost those November 7th and December 9th. Um, I, you know, I remember quite (laughs) vividly, um yeah and uh i mean she she'd be so much better like it's it was a dark time like it was there were you know there were things that we went through that i it's hard to have the exact memories like whereas she might have be able to recall some of those um a little better but um basically what happened so 20 december 9th 2019 that was the last one we had so before that go back a little bit um, we'd been in a fertility clinic for a while now at this point, and they, they just, they couldn't figure out what was going on. And, and I think it was in September of that year. Um, they, she, I remember one of the nurses kind of like said something, they said, unicorn you it. And she said, she's like, okay, remember unicorn, remember unicorn. And, uh, and then, so they didn't really take the, like it was, it was a pretty bad experience how we learned about all this they didn't really explain what what all this meant she wasn't probably supposed to hear it uh and then she looked it up and there's this thing called unicornuate uterus where basically um there's different variations of it but basically like one side like doesn't attach right so mm-hmm. there's no there's no working ovary on one side 
Um, we found out later on through, through this whole process, like her whole left side, she didn't have a left kidney. Wow. Imagine finding that out at 31, right? <laughs> um, so what it all meant was the, so then now she's, you know, you start looking up, okay, who else has this Facebook group? There's 200 people in it worldwide. You're like, Oh goodness. Right. And not a lot of like, you know, you look up the stats and it's not good. Uh, so the likelihood of us carrying to term was like very low, you know, like, and how many times can you go through this? Right. Cause that's, so, you know, when I told you the, the, the one that I listened to with Eric, like when, when, when I heard some of that stuff, I was like, man, I, I lived through some of that stuff, you know, this episode is brought to you by Dapper Guru. Dapper Guru are men products that help you look good while conquering the world. Let's face it, gentlemen, we should not be using our wife's soaps and oils and such. We should smell like men and use products developed specifically for men. My friend at Dapper Guru, Robert, created these products. He tests these products. He is the real deal. This is a veteran-owned, veteran-supported company. And the cool thing is, is if you go to that webpage and put in the code BROTHERHOOD, you will get 10% off all of your purchases. I use the products. My son uses the products. Josh uses the products. You should be using the products. That's Dapper Guru. Check out the link in the podcast notes. Go place an order. Place a small order. Check it out. Uh, and you will know why we use these products. And we kept trying. Uh, we had another another miscarriage, as I mentioned, in December. Um, and I think it was around when we had that one. Like, So we, we had some pretty deep discussions on like, what do we do from here? Right. Cause I'm not, I'm not a woe is me type person. Like I am okay. Like this is really bad and we're going to, we're going to feel these feelings and everything. We're going to talk it through, but like, what do we do? What do we actually do from here? Uh, so we talked all about um, adoption and uh, I mean, we're, we were going to start looking into that process. Uh, and then we were in the, we were in the clinic and um, they, I think they had mentioned something about surrogacy and like, you know, we we're started to look into all that. But um, I remember that the, the thought that kept kind of like recurring in my head was like, I, I don't, and I'm, I'm, I really apologize to anyone who's listening to this is who's going through it because it might drum up something, but um, I didn't want to be like 67 years old and like, just be me you know, or just me and her, like as, as good as that was, like I told her, if this doesn't work, you're enough for me. But at the same time, there's this whole part of life that you're not getting, mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's like, I, I was a baby. What's why it's why I'm here. It's why you're here. Right. It's the evolution. It's life. Right. Um, so we are trying to figure it all out, like really hard. Right. Um, so then I start looking into all this stuff and like <laughs> a surrogacy ain't cheap. No. I, I was so naive to this stuff and, and I thought it was like a public program, public funded. You just, you put your hand up and they say, Oh yeah, cool. Well, we got you. Nope. Uh, so we looked into all that and then we were, we, we were at, um, we were at Lisa's sisters one night and basically like, you know, 
telling them stuff that we hadn't told them yet. And like, you know, where we were at with everything. <laughs> where we were at with everything. And what, um, what we're looking at. And, and I mentioned like, you know, surrogacy, it's not, it's not, it's a private thing. And like, you know, it's not guaranteed and it's this and this and this. And then I remember, I'll never forget it, man. Her sister kind of like looked over at her husband and then she said, she said, we'll do it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So is that how yeah. you had Leonardo? Yeah. Wow. Now I, I kind of went through that process. You, you said, you talked about being listening to Eric's story, Eric LeClaire, who is, yeah. um, unfortunately. Yeah. And I remember you posting about him and, and, uh, I like, I just, I didn't make the connection when I listened oh, yeah. to the podcast. So I was just listening to this. I'm like, man, I, I feel this dude. And like, you know, him talking about his wife being a pin cushion and all this stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, yep, I saw that. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it was so emotional for him and his wife. I mean, so heavy. They did two. And, mm -hmm. and it was, you, you, you lose so much. You, you, you take losses so frequently in that process before it happens. And you are, mm -hmm. you're like a pin, you know, I've heard you're like a pin cushion. You're going through all these crazy hormonal things. And then you, someone else is carrying your baby. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, that's gotta be intense, intense, like thankful that that technology and that is available, but also, I mean, how did you, what are some of the emotions you went through, through that process? I mean, if there's well, any other I mean, fathers, we, they should know. Yeah. I mean, our story's not done there either. Um, okay. right from there, you know, we would have never asked anybody like it, you can't ask somebody that, but that they, you know, we're like, are you, you know, are you sure? Like, yeah, we've been talking about this for a few weeks type thing. Like, Oh my God. Like wow. it was, it was like, yeah. I mean, it's like having sent, right. Um, you know, it, it puts her to me, it puts her in the, in the category of like unconditional love. Like she could do anything. <laughs> um, if she's listening to this, <laughs> please still be nice <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, so this was, this was, January 2020 and then pandemic hits and everything got delayed. Uh, it wasn't, it was uh, remembrance day here in Canada, November 11th, when she actually got, you know, got implanted with everything, but man, we went through stuff. Um, it almost didn't work. So the, the whole process of, of egg extraction, like, so that's where, you know, Lace had to take all these, um, you know, all these hormones and injections and stuff. And like, I, had to, you know, I helped her with that and then she got comfortable with it and, you know, you're just, way you go um so with her situation um they you know with the one ovary kind of being call it dormant uh they like loaded her up with these drugs to try to get as much as they could out of the one and it it again i i don't know i'm not speaking in medical terms by any means but the other one sort of came alive right mm -hmm. but they were twisted up and the her ovaries were when they went into uh she had like an appointment it was like two weeks before the extraction and the ovary was behind her bladder and that's a dead end i mean if they they're not going to do it they're not going to puncture your bladder to do this and so like that was man that was a 
gut punch. Like that's, we thought it was done. We literally thought it was done after all this and we we're going to have to, you know, go through it all again. And, or like, what if that's just the way she's built? I don't know. Like it, you know, it's, you find out on some of these, you know, scans and stuff that like, it's not everyone looks like a, an anatomy chart, you know? Right. Um, so we go in and like, it's kind of surreal, like taking her to the clinic and just dropping her off and like, not really knowing what's going on in there and just sitting, um, you know, and like w women are tough as hell, man. <laughs> they really are. Um, and, uh, and it worked, it worked really, really well. We got like 25 eggs. Wow. I think, um, uh, what's the next step? I think we had like 17 that made it to a certain point and then, uh, seven that, made it to like viable, viable embryos. Right. So from there, it's different in the States. I think you can choose the gender and everything. They don't oh. let us do that here. Um, like you can choose which one, you know, we want a boy. So they'll pick from these. Right. Um, which I, like I mean, I God to me, but okay. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not getting involved in any of that stuff, but what, the, what they, even if we were allowed to, so what they do is they take the most viable ones. So, mm -hmm. um, we had, I, we called them super baby for a little while. Cause like their, their grading system, I forget what it is, but like, you know, use the steak example. It was like triple a this and this. So like, that's the one they're taking. Um, and they, you know, they did, they, they put it in, in her, in her sister, Heidi and, and it worked and like her sister. So she's, this was her fifth pregnancy. She's got four of her own. And, uh, you know, she was like, you know, pregnant first try, you know, her shoes, her thing, you know, easy breezy. Like, you know, it's, we're, we're thinking all along, something's going to go wrong, you know? And, uh, yeah. And it, and it, and it worked. Um, and it was unbelievable. Like we have the cutest video of, um, you know what, I'm going to, I'll, if I can find it in two seconds, I'll play it for you. Um, might not be able to, cause you could, you could play it over, uh, over this, but anyway, um, we got, uh, or, oh, here it is. Yeah. Baby. Can you hear that? Um, oh, yeah. Your mom is named Lacey, and, um, your dad's name is Jake, Uncle Jake. And the person who you're inside of stuff is not your mommy. Um, it's Lacey, your mommy, because your stomach's too, because my mom's stomach's too big, and your uh, mom's stomach is too small, and this one's healthy, and hers healthy too, but it can't fit. Uh, wow, that's... uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's our little guy explaining to uh, Leonardo what's going on. That's pretty odd. That's not a video yeah. to lose, dude. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'm glad I could. I found it quick. I mean, sitting on a podcast, flipping through my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's um, worth worth waiting the second for. Yeah, the and then emotion. so the 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 last um, the last. I mean, from my, you know, everything came together so beautifully, but. Um, so we had, I mean, it was July 
13th. I mean, it was supposed to be the 12th, you know, there, they had to, she went in two weeks early and everything. And, uh, you know, and then the, we couldn't get a, a room or some, so we're just in a holding pattern basically for an entire day. But where it was also in like, it was still pandemic times, but like it was starting to get better. So like, you know, the, the rules were that I couldn't be in there. You know, she got us one support person, which was her husband and, uh, and then Lace could go in. So we're thinking, okay, everything's getting better. Like it's July. It'll be okay. So we all, you know, we all drive in and everything and, uh, another gut punch i mean it was it was all happening but like we get there okay you 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 come with me you you can't come in and i i i I sat out there i sat i sat in the hallway beside a little tim horton's coffee shop like i i i i can handle things pretty well but like i've never felt so helpless and desperate in my life like you know, like eventually, like I, I went up there, I, I begged them, I begged them. Like I told them, I told them like, you know, you know what's going on in there. Like this is a surrogate baby. And, uh, there's a, probably a good chance this is never going to happen for me again. Like I, I'm just asking you to please let me in there. And they, they, they can't, they couldn't do it. They couldn't go against the rules and all that. Um, so anyway, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm out there, you know, I go for a walk, trying to get my head right, talk to my parents, my brother, I, I came around, it was okay. And then I get a, I get a call while I'm on FaceTime with my family, it's Lace. And she said, Hey, we got a rule breaker, the nurse on shift, she's letting you in. And so I flip back over to my parents. I'm like, they're letting me in. My brother goes, bye. And I just hang up. I'm like, it was, I felt like a movie, man. I was like, do I, I was like two blocks away in a parking lot. I'm like, do I do I run? Like, I think I'm supposed to run right now. And so I'm like, I start running and I go in and like, I got in, in the staff that was like at the doors and everything. They knew what was going on. I'm like, they're letting me in and everyone's clapping and everything. And I go, I go up there. I swear to you, man, I, I got, I got in four minutes before he came out. Like I got in at, I I took the call at seven 50, two blocks away. And he was born at seven fifty nine. I'm glad you ran. And I was in there. Yeah. And I was in there and it was unbelievable. Um, the nurse, like I was just bawling too. Like I got in there, like I, I didn't think it was happening right then and there. Like I was, you know, I was ready to stroll in like, guys, man, you know what you put me through here. And I walk in the nurse goes, get in that chair over there. They'd been holding her from pushing for like 30 seconds while I was. Yeah. And so, uh, She's like, how are you doing? You know, I'm bawling. I'm like, I'm fantastic. I, and I look over and Heidi looks at me in the eye and she, like, I'm like smiling. And she just gave me this look, but man, uh, she, I don't like, I don't know what all the experiences are, but man, she made it look so easy. We had a baby in like a few minutes, you know, it was, wow. it was unbelievable. I know that there is uh I mean, there's a lot of things you guys were up against. I know there's got to be men listening to this that are like in the midst of it or um, have gone through it. I mean, do you have any words of encouragement or pointers? Because I know having kind of walked through this with Eric a few times as a friend, um, it is, it's an emotional, I think roller coaster is an incredibly huge understatement. Yeah. 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 Um, 
focus on what you can like that. If, if there's anything that I've learned, uh, you know, I've learned this through pandemic and owning a gym as well, focusing on focus on what you can control. Um, that's one thing that lace Like we've both been these athletes that like, if you really want something, you can, you can will it, you can try harder. And with this, there was nothing that we could do. Uh, so, so it's, you know, I, I think you have to understand what you can and can't control and, um, just be solution oriented. Like, you know, like it's, it's okay if you, you know, it's okay. Uh, okay. Like it's, it's a miracle to have a surrogate baby. It's, 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 it's a miracle to have, you know, to adopt a kid, you know, like it's, 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 you can create a family a, a number of different ways. Um, we're early ish stages. Like we found, we found another surrogate. Um, that we've wow. talked to and she's kind of like, again, I, I don't like talking about this too, too much because it hasn't happened yet, but, uh, we've, you know, we've met with her and like, there's, there's organizations out there too. I mean, we, I, I call it the most expensive, uh, online dating service you'll ever do. Um, it's basically you just pay for access and then you have to match up with people that, uh, you know, I'm dated in a while, <laughs> um, wow that's what it felt like kind of, you know, you're putting together this profile and getting on these calls with people. Um, but there's stuff out there and there's people out there. Like there's, there's people out there and like the organization that we're with, it's, uh, they vet these people out quite hard, um, make sure that they're for the right reasons. And like, we talked to several before, you know, we, we applied for this, um, and, I think last like November or something like that. Like we're not, we weren't ready for it all to happen, but it takes time. You know, we have to go through the process and uh, we talk to people and like, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away by people that do this. Like they're just another, they're another level of human being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they go through I mean, carrying a baby for nine months is, is crazy. It's crazy. And the, that emotional connection that occurs just through that, experience has got to be so massive and then to give it back to the to the parents the biological parents um is is something i've like thought about and i just can't quite understand it almost was a little easier for me to understand the sister like the the relative doing it that that like clicked with me but mm -hmm. it's it's just an amazing process it's an amazing feat of technology quite yeah oh the first time that this happened was 1985 like the exact way that that happened for us right wow. it's not it's a blip in history yeah you know it's, it's not been um, around for a while i know i know heidi was like just excited to like this is your baby like give it back to them you know i'm not taking care of it from now on right um and then this other this other girl like her her reasoning um they're young they're she's like 22 years old uh, she has two kids already and they small town. Um, and they, their whole thing is they, they want to just, uh, like build a tiny home and kind of live off the grid and like live this like simple life. And, and, uh, and they understand that like putting good out into the world, like they're, they're going to get good back. Like I wasn't talking like that at 22. No, that's, uh, that's I don't know about you, nice. you know? Yeah. No, I was pretty selfish at that yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it's funny. Like they were, we, when we met with them, like they're so, um, so mature in so many ways. Like, I mean, they're still young, you know, you know, and it, that comes out in certain ways too, but, of course. um, yeah, I just, I'm just thankful for, for people like this that exist. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, 
it's important for guys to realize that I, and just kind of like you found with the podcast, like I'm not the only one that went through this and there's so much comfort in seeing parallels in, um, in life that we just typically don't tell each other. We don't typically tell these stories. Like, you know, right. even you sharing that story with your dad and it, uh, it just brought into my memory, like, Oh wow. Like what, what it was like when my dad went through his cancer and how that changed me, how I processed that, how it changed our relationship. I hadn't spent time thinking about that, but that, that your story right then triggered it so fast in my brain. I kind of feel like every time you do something like that, you hear someone else's story and it resonates in some way and you realize, mm-hmm. whoa, like I don't live this life in like, I'm not the only one going through these things. There's not at all. There's a trajectory of growth. When you realize that you're able to approach things with a little more sound mind, with a little more hope because other people have done it. I think we're so quick to decide that we're the only one that feels the way that we feel. And that's why I'm really passionate about getting men to talk and to, to communicate and to be around each other. Yeah. There's so much strength and growth in those opportunities. Um, yeah. I really appreciate you. you uh, I don't know how long it's been since someone's choked me up <laughs> so, <laughs> well, on, on the podcast. So good sorry, job, and you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it just kind of brought back the magic of, um, childbearing, you know, I'm, I'm 14 years out of it and, um, it's, and my wife had two miscarriages. So, you know, those stories alone were like, gut, gut punch. And, and then, you know, that's, those are so impactful on our wives are so impactful on us. And what I love that you talked about is the fact that the the impact it had on you, because I think a lot of guys think that it shouldn't, and they got to live this facade or, or it's not okay to be like that really. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I mean, I've gotten okay at, at, I guess, storytelling. Um, something I, I started years ago. I, I've since stopped, but I, I wrote a, I wrote a daily email to an email list, like for almost two years. Wow. Uh, and like, it went wherever my mind went. Sometimes I didn't even know what I was going to talk about until I started just let the fingers go and start typing. Um, I, it was actually really hard to stop that. Uh, so a lot of it was like, you know, just stories and lessons from my, my life and how I've interpreted things. You know, I've been told I'm think about things a little bit differently than a lot of people. Um, and so, I, I mean, I have to make it interesting enough for people to open the email, but, uh, a lot of the hard things that we were going through. So I stopped in the summer, like June, about this time, like two years ago, I mean, I had a business that was like cut in half. Um, I had no idea what that was going to look like. We were still, we didn't have a family yet. Like we're still in, in it with all that stuff. And it just wasn't the stuff. I didn't have the lessons yet, you know? And, and like, that's where my mind was. And, and, you know, some of the lessons as like a gym owner and leader, like they weren't appropriate to talk about, you know, <laughs> like I didn't really have, you know, I had people to talk about, but it wasn't, the email list because a lot of those were created through the gym um and and so i it was i gave myself the grace to just stop and i couldn't tell you how many times i've been asked to start it again and i'm just not sure if i want to um it also like i didn't really know what i wanted to do with it which is kind of cool too because like i'm not doing it to sell anyone anything um either so but something i've done recently actually i just last week i finally uh I can't remember which podcast of yours I listened to, but it's basically like, you know, with these men's groups and stuff, like a lot of people want it, 
but they won't ever tell you that they want it. And it's not really offered anywhere. And they're probably, you know, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to put together the post. I'm going to hit send and I'll have to deal with it later. And, uh, and so I'm starting a men's group in my gym and there's like 15 people that have kind of put themselves in and, you know, I asked some couple hard questions for the, the Facebook intake form. And, uh, we're going to meet in this room, uh, next Tuesday and, I have no idea what it's going to look like or, you know, but it's going to be good. Like, you know, just the same way that, I mean, you probably had no idea the conversations no. you're going to have in starting this podcast. No, I mean, the whole, the whole thing was like, I want to talk, I want to, I want to create what I need, which is a community and guys to share stories with, understand, learn, yeah. go through challenges together. So I created it because I didn't want to join somebody, but somebody else is just the way I am. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Josh and I kind of did it together. We didn't know. We had no no plan for monetization. We tried a few things. It didn't hit, stick or work. But now here we are almost three years later, and we got an event coming up. We have um, you know, guys reaching out to us, which is an incredible feeling, and telling us stories of how the stories they've heard and the, and the things we've shared have impacted their lives. But this is you know, I would hope that what we're doing, guys like you, uh, guys, you know, like you out there are stepping up the way you did. And I know another guy who just started a local community group. He's in Canada. He's on the, on the other coast. He's on the, on the West coast. He started a men's, a local men's group. And now he's got thousands and thousands of men, um, plugging into him and doing small groups. And I mean, and I don't know that he knew what he was starting with, Right. But yeah, who knows, we, man, but there's the ripple. It, it is. And that's the, yeah. that's the whole thing. That's the, that's the whole thing. If we can make an impact Yeah, and um, men, men, I, I did that post this week. You know, they we're so good at living life in isolation and it's really, really putting a limiter on us. It's like putting a big mm -hmm. block under your gas pedal. You, you can only go so fast. Right. So I yeah. really appreciate that you're doing that. I know it's hard to like take a group and be like, Hey, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to be better together. Um, yeah. Really but I excited. mean, I'm also, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I also, I know I'll figure it out. Like, I mean, if it fizzles out, it fizzles out, but like, um, I feel like, I feel like I've been kind of playing small for a little while, like in stepping back from writing and, mm -hmm. um, I mean, part of the reason for that too was like the world was a weird place two years ago with like social media and cancel culture. And like, I, I just, I don't want to like, just, I, I'm going to, I'm going to turn the lights off and step into a closet for a little bit. Like I, I don't get what, what everyone's doing here. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, and if you can look at my, my feeds, like I didn't post anything for a while. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, if I didn't have a business, I probably would have gotten rid of it all. Yeah, it's very, it was a very weird time. We all had to navigate like how we wanted to approach this without any blueprint. Right. And say one thing, man, and you were, you were the devil. You were, the, you were, you were the, the uh, it was tough because we had this big group and I'm like, I don't, I feel very strongly about some things. I feel really strongly about personal freedoms. And here we are in this situation. If I speak too strongly, people are going to be super upset. And if I, you know, <laughs> it was like, it was crazy. So I think isolation a little bit was probably uh wise but now is the time now is the time to take what we've learned like, yeah. and, and glean that out so i'm so pumped i'm so excited you're doing that i'm so excited on that topic uh um, yeah, go for it watch the the new dave Chappelle thing he just put uh, something out on netflix i think it was like yesterday Lace oh. no notice it she's like hey dave Chappelle. i'm like yeah i'll watch it <laughs> yeah uh, yeah in fact i will it, yeah 
it's really good. List. It's uh, yeah, he's doing some important work right now. Yeah, um, I, I love that the right some there's some right people out there um, who are who are using there's 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 people of influence just because they are in the position they are that are. Yeah it's so hard because some people are using it completely wrong and some people are using it for the right reason. And I love to see those folks that are out there speaking out and being um, true to who they are. And I, I really, really appreciate that. So I'm going to jump on that one for sure. Um, my wife and I will probably watch it while we're hanging out in the hotel after dinner tonight or something. So hey, speaking of you have a, you have a, a trip to get on. Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up about an hour where is uh release time and i gotta get everything ready um oh right okay i thought we were like going into because it it's three o'clock here yeah I oh gotcha. no no three o'clock central i'm th- i'm too okay ready. i wanted to make sure i wasn't Thank keeping you. you oh it's so important like i would i would have told you hey guy man time's yeah. up I'm out of here <laughs> right <laughs> right on um which is is something i believe really strongly is setting those boundaries and not letting anything get in the way uh jay it's been ridiculously cool talking to you can't wait to get to know you more and i i I know that your story resonates with so many men on so many levels. Um, uh, we will put your socials in the, in the, in the uh, show notes. Uh, are you, are you active on Facebook now? Should people reach? Yeah, out a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, it's more just like a little bit of my life here and there. Like I'm not, I don't, aside from, you know, if you're in my area, I think we've got the best gym around, uh, you know, we'll take care of you, there have you some go. fun, get fit. Yeah, you got to tell um, us your, you got to tell us the name and where you live so that yeah, uh, CrossFit Outlaw North, it's called oh, uh, in Stony Creek, Ontario. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, I'm going to see you in a couple months, um, and so yeah, I can't I'm, wait. I'm hoping fun. some of the people that listen will be there as well, and uh, we're going to have a really good time. You're going to figure out how to make your way down there, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, whether you, it's planes, trains, and automobiles, right? So, yeah, I've contacted a couple of guys. I talked to Josh and, uh, I'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story, being vulnerable, which I believe is a step in growth. Always the only way we grow is through absolute pleasure. Yeah. It's, uh, I I think so too. And I think one of the things I'm going to kind of lead in with, with my men's group is, uh, if you know, I think at this point, a lot of people probably watched eight mile. He was untouchable because he put out all of his stuff out there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you watch that back, he, you know, he put all of his faults out there. Like, no one could come back at him with anything. Yeah. Right. Right. And like, it's not, it's, it's a little different, but it's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of the same. Like it's, these are just my stories. And like, they're, you know, you don't have to, like, I can tell stories and make you cry. Sure. But like, what's the lesson from it? What are we learning from it? How are we moving forward? Right. right. So there's, there's always something in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you, brother. And you don't have to share stuff while you're, necessarily going through it as much either even though with the right people can be very helpful yeah 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 Yeah. you don't need to be putting that all over social media you know and i just love talking to dads that are a little later in life starting because we started i mean my wife and i were married for many years before we had our kids and i just feel like there's you know there's no bad way to do it no I feel so it. fortunate that we're, I mean, that's that again, that's me. I thought I was going to have kids really young, but now I feel so fortunate. Like I have, you know, it's later again. That's like, I'm just, I'm enjoying what I have. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like we could talk all day. All day. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Check out Jay, go, go check out the show notes, find him. Um, if you live in his area, definitely go check out his gym. I know it's world-class and, um, 
do us a favor, subscribe to this uh, podcast. If you're not go through some old, some old episodes, kind of see where this thing all began. Like Jay has done. It's been quite a journey for him. And then if uh, you feel the, the, um, the poll, which you should, if you're a guy, you should feel the poll to come to the big event. And I didn't say the domain name earlier. It's big event or no, it's not. It's brotherhoodfatherhood.com. There's no oven there. It's brotherhoodfatherhood.com. Come join myself. Come join uh, Jay and some other amazing men from all over the North America, actually. And um, like, just come plug in, learn some amazing, cool stuff where all the money you spend to come here is being put right back into you. It's going to be ridiculously awesome. So, and, and women, if you're listening, um, the main excuse for men not to come is uh, they got to check with their wives. So go ahead and just tell them right now it's okay and give them <laughs> a thumbs up. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.